Welcome to the Simply Equipped Podcast. My name is Greg Sizemore. This is my beautiful wife, Leilani Sizemore. We have the honor of being pastors at Creekside Church. Our goal with this podcast is super simple. We hope that you are inspired and equipped to love Jesus and live on mission. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Welcome to episode 44. Uh, Today we're going to be talking about understanding the gifts of the Spirit, and this will be part one of a series that we're going to do. Holy Spirit rain. Oh wait, we don't sing, we don't sing on here. You done told me that a couple weeks ago. (laughs) Stop, stop trying to bring it back. Stop trying to bring it back. Oh, all right. So I just messed Leilani up. Yes. Everybody just look at her. She's so messed up. So good. It's all right. We keep it real here oh at Simply Equipped Podcast. I hate when you do that to I me. I'm literally it. like kind of sweaty now. So good. Okay. Let's dive in, G. Holy Spirit. Let's start with the basics. Who is the Holy Spirit and what is his, what is his role in our lives? Just a little side joke for fun. I know we're trying to keep these shorter, but you know, normally I always make the joke of like, yeah, Leilani prepares for all these and then I just show up. Well, about 15 minutes ago, I looked at these notes and she's like, all right, who is the Holy Spirit? According to the Bible, Greg, go. And I was like, babe, come on. Like, let me get some notes. I do, I do prepare, but sometimes you're expected to show hey, up with some answers. I got you. I'm ready to go in season and out. I love I'm, it. I'm I ready. love it. I love it. Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity, mm-hmm. uh, co-equal with God, the Father and the Son. Mm-hmm. Um He's not just a force or an influence, like he's actually a divine person. Uh, John 14, 16 through 17, Jesus refers to the Holy Spirit as the uh, helper, mm-hmm. uh, as a counselor. He says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth. Um, so we see he is a helper. He is a counselor. He leads us in spiritual truth. Um, so some <clears throat> something just so we don't glaze over helper in our word in our English language is it can feel like um, maybe just like you kind of show up and do a few things. Helper in the Bible is actually a really strong word. Yeah, yeah. It means like that is your your backup when you are in distress. Yeah. Someone that you call for because you you are in trouble. Yeah. yeah. Like front front lines are going well, it's down. A power, it's a power source needed in order yes. for you to thrive. Correct. Uh, the same descriptive that it gave Eve right. in Genesis. It, yes. That Ezra. he was going to send yeah. a Azer, mm-hmm. a helper mm-hmm. suitable for Adam, which right. I'm actually preaching on that yeah, uh, this, cool. this week, talking about that. So, cool. Yeah, I just yeah, wanted so to side, side note there. third person of the mm-hmm. Trinity, co-equal with God, a divine person, helper, counselor, spirit uh, of truth. Um, talk about kind of just his role in the believer. He convicts us of our sin. Mm-hmm. Um, he shows us righteousness, judges us, according to, to John 16, um, also even to the world. Uh, he regenerates us, mm-hmm. so the work of the Spirit is part of our salvation, bringing about new birth. Uh, he enables believers um, to enter into a personal relationship with God, so John 3, mm-hmm. 5 through 6. Mm-hmm. Um, he indwells the believer. Mm-hmm. That is one of the beauties of the New Testament, is that 
by the blood of Jesus, our bodies become so cleansed and holy that the holy of holies that you would see like in the Old Testament, our bodies become that. So the spirit literally dwells within believers, which is huge. It's so cool to oh, think that it. we can now house the presence of God oh, because man. of the work of Jesus. So yeah, that's, cool. that's, that's a cool just revelation. If you really think about this, maybe this is just a word for somebody. If you've ever felt like you're not worth anything, mm-hmm. um, just imagine how much money God spent on the temple. We're literally reading. Yeah, we're about, in Exodus right yeah, now. Reading you know, about the the, yeah. the the how detailed the onyx, the that. gold, the rubies, the topaz. The, I mean, just go down the list. Like, if if, you, if we could see, like, we think church buildings now are pretty. You know, like we were just in New York. Mm-hmm. You know, St. Patrick's is one of the most beautiful um, churches in Manhattan. Pales in comparison to right. Solomon's temple reason I say that is because God was not going to dwell in anything but the best, right. right? And it was perfection down to the measurement, down to the material. Like, I mean, it was crazy when you, when you read that. Right. And then you see the mystery in the New Testament that now your body has become that mm-hmm. by the blood of Jesus. That's so right. think about the blood of Jesus purchased your body to be even better than that, to say God now dwells inside mm-hmm. of you. He made a home in your body, a new temple. So if you Super think cool. you're not valuable, just look at the temple and what God requires of yes. the the amount of worth required to house him. And then he looks at you and says, I'm pleased to live so, inside of you. So, so cool. yeah, let that just wreck your soul. Praise Jesus. I love that. Um, so yeah, he convicts us of our sin, righteousness, and judgment according to John 16, regeneration, um, enabling believers to literally know God uh, and dwells in the believer, also empowering us to live holy lives, begins to do just a transforming work by the work of the Spirit. Um, Romans 8, 11, uh, if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who Christ, who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give your mortal bodies, uh, I'm sorry, give you life to your mortal bodies through the Spirit who now dwells in you. Uh, the, the Spirit empowers believers to bear spiritual fruit, one of my favorite things to talk about. Fruit um, of the Spirit. Fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5. <laughs> yes. Love, joy, peace, patience, mm-hmm. kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, goodness, self-control. Um, and then in the world. So like he not only has, you know, this divine eternity, not only has this specific work in the believer, but then in the world, not only is he convicting the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment, like that John 16 that I already quoted, but he also testifies about Jesus. Yeah. I love this about the Spirit, yes. that he points people to himself as the way, the truth, and the life. You can read about that in John 15, 26. Mm-hmm. Uh, furthermore, the Holy Spirit equips believers with spiritual gifts. This is for the edification of the church, for the advancement of God's kingdom. So all things mission, you know, you can read about that in First Corinthians 12, um, just empowering believers to witness Christ's love and salvation to the ends of the earth. Mm-hmm. You know, Acts one eight, just that go into the ends of the earth yeah. and share the gospel. So the spirit is a person. He's divine. He's powerful. He dwells in the believer, convicts the world of Part sin, of powers yes. us for mm-hmm. mission. Mm-hmm. There's gifts, you know, with the body and how we function on mission. There's fruit for the personal just manifestation and transformation of the, the human. Um, so yeah. un- understanding who this is why we started here, understanding who he is. And it's not this just, 
mythical piece of Christianity, understanding his role, how he functions, um, is super important and it's foundational to our faith. Yeah. Um, it's one of the core four things that we teach on at Creekside as being like, this is intro to Christianity. You have to understand this part of who God is. Yep. Yeah. We have, uh, gospel, Holy Spirit, word of God and prayer. Those are our, our core four. And, um, we really talk about, you know, in our first session of how we kind of walk through spiritual formation and, and discipleship, you need to know who he is, right. which is kind of like we just walked through kind of his resume. Who is the Holy Spirit? Right. Like, What's his role in the world? What's his role in the believer? You've got to know who he is so that you know what to expect mm-hmm. if you're going to actually walk in him as right. the, walk as the in scriptures. Walk in him, abide in him. Yeah. Keep yes. in step with the spirit. Right. If the spirit also brought you to life, how much more, you know. Do you have to walk and keep in step with him? There's this constant battle yeah. between flesh and spirit. I mean, what's man, his we role could, in our sanctification? Like, how we do we become so more much. like Christ every day? Yeah. You know, he he plays a huge part in that. Yeah, in helping us understand scripture, all of all of that stuff. So, thank you for starting there. Yeah. So you mentioned spiritual gifts. What is their purpose? Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite analogies in scripture is just how Paul talks about the church as the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, how we are one body, many members, different gifts, which is just beautiful. Um, When you look at that analogy, what I love is like, man, we don't all have the same spiritual gifts. We all have the same spirit. And I want to be cautious there, like the way that I like Mm -hmm. to talk about that, because, you know, um, I don't think you're limited in any way to maybe just I've heard people say, well, everybody at least has one, which I don't think that's a false statement. Um, But at the end of the day, I think we all have the spirit. Like if, if you are a child of God and you've called upon the name of Jesus, you've believed in your heart that he rose from the dead. You have been born again. You've received the Spirit, Mm -hmm. right? So now we have the Holy Spirit, all of Him, all of His gifts, all of His fruit, all that He has. But then He distributes these gifts at His will, the the Word talks about. And so He's allowed to use His own gifts when He wants to. Mm -hmm. I love also... Uh, thinking about even praying for more of the Spirit. You know, I love the passage in Luke, I believe it is, where uh, it talks about, you know, if you ask your father for a stone, is he going to give you bread? Or if you ask, you know, talking about a good oh, dad. Bre- bread. Bre- yeah, if you, you, you ask for bread, yeah. is he going to give you a stone bread, or a snake yep. in, in mm-hmm. some of it? But And then he closes that passage, which, which says, ask for more of the Spirit. Right. Ask your father who gives good gifts for more of the Spirit, and he will, he will yes. give you more. And so spiritual gifts are the means for ministry, the function of the body. Yeah. Um, You know, there's several different... um, Yeah, let's go through some of the lists together. Yeah, yeah. So I compiled just, you know, there's basically three major lists you can find in Corinthians, Romans, and and Ephesians. So in Corinthians, Paul lists spiritual gifts as wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, uh, working of miracles, you see prophecy, you see distinguishing between spirits. Mm-hmm. Um, there's tongues, which we'll do a whole episode on that next. Uh, interpretation of tongues, yeah. how does that work and function? Uh, the Romans list, you see service, teaching, exhortation, generosity, leadership, acts of mercy. Those are probably the more common ones that you would see on like a right. spiritual gifts test. You right. know, those are more like those personalities that maybe you lean more into Mm -hmm. of like, Mm -hmm. how do you serve the body? So there's some of those. And then 
In Ephesians, Paul also talks about supernatural gifts of the Spirit, kind of in what a lot of people have called the fivefold ministry of right. apostles, yeah. prophets, evangelists, pastors, and, and teachers. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, working of miracles, prophecy, distinguishing between spirits, tongues, interpretation of tongues, service, teaching, exhortation, uh, generosity, leadership, acts of mercy, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. It's good. Yep. So that gives us kind of the the framework of what we're talking about when we say spiritual gifts. Yeah. Um. So let's go here. Some people would say um, that spiritual gifts were for a season at the start of the church Hmm. to prove who Jesus was um, because he was making statements like, I am the son of God. Um, And there was a lot of ruckus, as you can imagine, with people, a people group who were waiting for the coming Messiah. And then someone, you know, from their hometown says, I'm the one you've been waiting for. Right. And then surrounding towns that the word started to spread. Well, then Jesus died, was resurrected and then the start of the church happened, yeah. as we see in Acts. And there were many signs and wonders that happened that you can read about in the, in the early days of the church. Many people would have said, well, that was because no one knew about Jesus. Yeah. And so in order for the word to be spread and in order for people to acknowledge that this is something other than just another prophet, another rabbi, another teacher... Yeah. There had to be special miracles, right. but now we have the word, we have the text, and so we don't need spiritual gifts anymore. Mm. So would you explain the two different camps of people who've said, we no longer need those because we have the word of God, and then the camp of people that says, no, spiritual gifts are not only for back then, but for our time as well. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of big words you're using there is like cessationalist versus continualist. Correct. Did the gifts continue? Cessationalists say those gifts died with the apostles, basically. Right. And, you know, obviously, when you read the book of Acts, and again, Jesus lives, dies, raises from the dead, has, you know, conversations and commissionings, Mm -hmm. you know, go into the world, preach the gospel, you're going to be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. I'm going to ascend but I'm going to send, then I'm going to send the helper. Mm-hmm. Then you have Pentecost happens. Spirit of God comes. Peter's filled with the Spirit, preaches to thousands that get saved. They're speaking in tongues. People begin to prophesy. Mm-hmm. God, like Jesus, literally says, All authority in heaven and earth I'm giving you, therefore go, you know, all this stuff. And so, no question in the book of Acts, we see uh, a very unique and supernatural movement of the Spirit as the mm-hmm. church is being born, mm-hmm. to your point. Um, where I, I would strongly disagree uh, mm-hmm. with the cessationalist group that say that these gifts died with the apostles. Um, number one, just too many personal experiences in my life, and then just too much experience just in the history of the church mm-hmm. for the last 2,000 years of supernatural things happening, mm-hmm. right? And so I'll share the passage in 1 Corinthians 13, which would probably be one of the main proof texts for the cessationalist camp. Just to be very clear, I completely disagree with that. I definitely believe that the Spirit is continuing to move and has been moving and will continue to move. Um, And obviously, He pours out in very unique and specific ways at different times, at different places Mm -hmm. for different Mm -hmm. manifestations. I do want to come back to like why maybe we see less of that. 
mm-hmm. um, in different places and yeah. times. Uh, but the passage that your cessationalists would typically go to is First Corinthians thirteen eight, and I'll just read it and then you know just kind of talk about it for a second. Did we did we state you may have already said this? Cessationalist means you believe that the that gifts die. have died. Yes. Yeah, and okay. the continualist means they continue. Okay, on. forgive me if you already said no, that. No, I did. It's fine. First okay. uh, Corinthians thirteen eight. Um, so this is the classic passage of love, yeah. right? You know, love is patient, mm-hmm. kind, does not boast, so on and so forth. Then you get to verse eight. It says, "Love never ends." Yeah. As for prophecy, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. Mm-hmm. So they take that very literal and then apply it i think pretty badly as i continue <laughs> Those reading are strong words hey it's all good <laughs> as for prophecy they will pass away as for tongues they will cease uh as for knowledge it will pass away which that one's really interesting like mm-hmm. did knowledge stop do we not learn mm-hmm. anymore is there no more understanding or you know so that's an interesting one um then verse 9 says for we know in part and we prophesy in part verse 10 but we, but when the perfect comes, and this is where the interpretation gets very interesting because sure. they claim that the perfect is the Bible. Right. Okay. So I understand. I mean, I'm not making fun of anybody. I'm, you know, they're brilliant Bible scholars that sure. fall in the cessationalist camp. So again, I'm speaking, you know, brashly, but I'm just pretty opinionated myself. And, and I think, but I'll tell why. Verse 11, when I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But then I became a man. I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Mm -hmm. Very important. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have fully been known. Now faith, hope, and love abide, these three but the greatest of these is love. Right. So what they would say is, is that we don't need spiritual gifts anymore. Prophecy will pass away. Tongues will pass away. Knowledge will pass away. For now we see and prophesy in part, but the perfect will come. So they claim that the Bible, the final revelation, once John was done with his vision in the book of Revelation, once the canonization process came to be of the Bible that we know today, that from that point on, everything we needed to know is in that book. There's no more further revelation. There's no more need for tongues and prophecy and knowledge because that was only for the kind of inauguration of the kingdom at the beginning of the the church. church. Once the apostles died, those gifts are no longer. Mm -hmm. Now we have just faith. Now we have hope. Now we have love. Those will continue. Now, the reason I I think this is just a, a bad interpretation is because verse 10 but when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away, mm-hmm. right? And then when I was a child, I spoke like a child and so on. But that partial was clarified in the end where it says, where I see in a mirror dimly, but then I will see face to face. So your two interpretations of this, one says it's the Bible, the continualist, which is the camp I would fall in, say... It's Jesus, right? Right. You don't see the Bible face to face. You will see Jesus face to face when the perfect comes. Which that's not the Bible. That is Christ. Christ and is, and yes. And again, the you can do some coming. commentaries yeah. and look at this. So here's the reality: when Jesus returns and you see Him face to face, gifts will no longer need to be. There will be no tongues, there will be no prophecy, there will mm-hmm. be no mm-hmm. knowledge, there will be no need for ministry, 
There will be no right. need. So the gifts are for ministry. The gifts are for convicting the world of sin. That's not going to happen anymore. Convicting the world of righteousness and judgment. Well, Christ is now here mm-hmm. when you see him face to face. So yes, all spiritual gifts will die when Christ returns because ministry's over. Right. The moment we see Christ face to face, all enemies are defeated. All sin and death is taken care of. Ministry is complete in mm-hmm. him. We don't need to prophesy anymore. We don't need words of knowledge anymore. We don't need tongues to share or pray or to sing or, you know, all the things that we'll right. talk about in the next episode. You don't need all of those spiritual gifts anymore mm-hmm. because all things are complete. Correct. And so again, I think just a deep look at that. Um, and, and again, I want to clarify, I'm not, you know, uh, I mean, I strongly, clearly disagree, you know, with, with the <laughs> sure. other camp because I think it's very dangerous to remove such a beautiful, powerful gift mm-hmm. where ministry is still needing to happen because it's not the Father, the Son, and the Holy Bible it's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and who with the dwells Spirit comes gifts. in yes, us. Yes. Well, and I think it's important. Like typically, you and I spend a lot of our time on the, these podcasts presenting sides of, of an argument, and sure. there's usually really good points on both sides. Um, but I think it's important to set up this this podcast series with where we land on this topic because if we didn't start there. Um, you wouldn't understand the rest of how we're going to approach spiritual yeah, gifts. Yeah. Um, so it matters in your interpretation of this scripture, how you would teach the gifts of the spirit. Yeah. So although your language was strong and we typically don't say kind of yeah. where, or we'll say where we tend to land on theological Yeah, I'm not topics, dogmatic but, about many things. Like I right. try to keep, especially some of the, and I would say this too, just to be very clear, you know, we talk about buckets of unity. Yes. This is not a gospel no. conversation as far as if you're a cessationalist, are you a heretic? Like we, we don't throw those kinds of words out at no. all, or that it's some kind of false gospel or a bad interpretation. Like I can read the text and I grew up in more of a cessationalist kind of environment. So I totally understand that. I a just think, percent. I think there's just too much other scriptures that bring way too much uh, out, outside of that. Right. Um, so, and, and I mean, I'll even just give an example, like even the prophet Joel, when he said that the spirit was going to fall on all men, he talked about women and children, old and young, were going to prophesy. Mm-hmm. Well, if you think that just the prophecy was only for the apostles, well, you had women and children prophesying mm-hmm. you, and, and still to this day, you know? Right. And so again, I've just, there's been way too many experiences of words of knowledge tongues, um, prophetic words still powerfully being used for ministry today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and to just say that, oh no, those people are phonies. I mean, you're calling a lot of people phonies at that point. And again, what do you do with just personal experience? And, you know, so again, I think there's humility needed on both sides. This is not a first bucket issue where we're going to divide over. This would be what we would call a second. I I would say we probably worship with people on both sides. Oh, hundred percent. This is a second bucket where we can agree to Mm -hmm. disagree, but we're still going to be united in Christ around the gospel. Absolutely. Um, and, and can still worship together. Yes, absolutely. But we wanted to start here of where um, you and I land on this topic because it will set up the rest of the episodes in this series. Yeah. 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 Um, any resources that you would recommend? And maybe if we can't think of any off the top of your head, we can link them in the show notes. Um, uh, I mean, I would say one of my favorite books was by Francis Chan. 
the forgotten yeah. God. Mm-hmm. Um, he walks through uh, a lot of his journey too, mm-hmm. kind of from that cessationalist camp traditionally into, mm-hmm. I would say, where, where we land. I, I remember when I first, probably 15 years ago, when I first uh, was teaching through Francis Chan actually did a preaching series that then became that book. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing some of that content, teaching it even to students. Yeah. Um, and man, it was life changing. Mm-hmm. So that is a great, easy read. Love Francis Chan. Love his take on it. Um, he's not dogmatic either, but just a beautiful display of like, who is the spirit? What is his role? What is the importance? How has the church, he called it forgotten God, because mm-hmm. it's almost like kind of that if you forsake the spirit, you're really not tapping into the required power source for Absolutely. who we need, who we follow, who we abide in mm-hmm. for the sake of just and ministry. And how we minister to one another. Yeah. 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 So, so important. Yeah. I love it. Thank you for that. Um, yep. All right. I think this is all. Overview for- of yeah. who he is, yep. gifts, and then next episode, we're going to talk about tongues, right? Yes. Come on. You want right. me to pray and we'll wrap it up? Absolutely. Cool. Thank Father, you. we love you. Thank you for... Your love, Jesus, your life, death, resurrection. Thank you for the promised spirit, which is really the new covenant that Mm -hmm. we are the temple of the living God um, for whoever are your kids. If we have your spirit, then we are children of God that confirms with our spirit, just our sonship and our daughtership. God, I pray your spirit would fill every single person listening to this. Continue to lead us in spirit and truth as we dig into your word to find out just more about who you are. Um, I love talking about the Holy Spirit. We are so desperate for you. Um, So just fill us up, lead us in truth, and we pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this episode. I hope you were inspired and equipped. Um, Hey, make sure to follow us, like, share all the content with your friends. Um, You can reach out to us. We would love to hear from you. You can find us at creekside.church, and we hope to see you again soon.